Hey everyone, welcome back to Land Investing Online, where we teach students how to profitably buy and sell vacant land. This is the simplest, least competitive, and most profitable sector of real estate. For more information, visit landinvestingonline.com. Join our free Discord with tons of successful investors. My name's Daniel Aki. This is Ron Aki. Welcome back, Ron. Hi, good to be here. I'm excited about this topic. I don't think it's a uh talked about too much and th there can be a lot of money made in this. The topic is potential income in landlocked properties. Um, we'll get into that more. I think it's really, in a lot of people ask us questions on this. So I, I do think this is a good one. Um, it's, it's better for people who are actually, I think, land flipping currently and not as much for people who don't really know much about land flipping, um, but I'm excited to get into that. But before we get started, we have a good question here, actually. It's one of our students, I guess, has a cash offer for $50,000, and then they have a finance offer for $58,000. The cash offer closes in 14 days per the contract, and the financing closes in six weeks. Which one should I take and what should I do? Um, so I think you have a couple options here. Like, I'm always, I think I do this a lot because I always kind of look at situationally because I don't see this as, this happens a lot like this, but there's also specifics that go into each situation. I don't know exactly this situation. A, a couple of options, obviously you can take one or take the other. The financing option has a greater chance of backing out or not getting through an appraisal or just a financing offer is going to typically have a higher chance of not going through. So I think your option is take that gamble with it, eight more thousand dollars. Maybe you'll get in six weeks, you said, Dan, so 45 days. Mm -hmm. uh, take the uh, take the 50,000, get it within two weeks. That's probably a 95% close rate. Or you can, another option is going back to the cash offer and saying, listen, I have a $58,000 offer. I understand this is a cash offer. I can do 55 for you. I, I, can, I can cut this price. I'll give you, I'll send you the offer so you have proof of the offer. They're already approved, pre-approved, hopefully. So send them that and say, I can do 55 and go from there. Like that's what I would, I mean, it matters a little different. If you have a ton of interest, maybe you have it posted for $58,000 and that's a full price offer. If you have a ton of other interest, I would probably wait it out or go back to that guy and feel comfortable at a number. Uh, I think if, if it was asking price 58,000, I would go back to that guy and say 55 or something like that. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think the same thing. This, this, in this business, cash is very powerful. We have a lot of financing deals that fall through. So the more contingencies and financing is a contingency, the more likely it is to fall through. So I would personally go back to that cash and try to get them up. If you have multiple offers and it's only been a couple of days, wait it out, see if you get more or go back with the number you're comfortable with. Um, cause you know, you're going to sell it. If you have two offers right away, um, one very good or both very good offers. It looks like it's just, you never know with financing, make sure they're, you're talking to their bank or getting a proof of, um, um, what do you call it? Uh, finance proof or finance. What, what is it? Pre-approved. Yeah. Kind of pre one, one more thing. If, uh, the, the reason we accept financing is when a property is struggling to sell, if we're getting cash offers. And if this was on the market for three days, five days, something like that, not for a long time, we are going to do our best to get a cash offer because that what that $50,000 or $55,000 or $58,000 can do two weeks from now is crazy. 
opposed to waiting an extra four weeks and maybe getting that 58. Like if you have another deal that's in your pipeline, you don't have cash right now and you have another deal that is, you're buying it for $40,000 and it's worth 80 or hundred, like that $50,000 is a lot more valuable than that $8,000 you're losing by not taking that, uh, by taking that financing offer. Exactly. So think about it like that. Yeah. So a lot of different scenarios and things to um, go into. I was going blank on pre-approval, but yeah, just make sure there's a pre-approval from a legitimate bank. Um, okay. So let's get into the topic, potential income in landlocked properties. Like always, I like to start base basic. Let's go over what a landlocked property is. Define landlocked, Ron. So there is no legal access. Um, there's no legal access, essentially, is what I view as a landlocked property. So it's not on a country road. There's not a legal easement that's going towards it. If you want to even get further, there's no legal or physical access. But it kind of goes hand in hand, honestly. Sometimes there's physical access, but no legal. But let's just stay landlocked. So there's no legal access to get to the property. Um, like I said, it's not on a country road or a, a county road, county maintained road. It's not on a road. It's behind properties that have access, essentially, is what we're saying. There's no easement that goes through one of the properties with access that takes it there. So an easement is, is essentially something um, that is surveyed out and gives your property access if it's landlocked. If there's none of this, then it's 100% a landlocked property. And a lot of times those are used for recreational land, but I don't want to get too much deeper into that. Does that make sense, Dan? It does. Um, so since we covered that now, what a landlocked property is, let's go over the reasons why someone would buy a landlocked property. So a lot of people, there's a couple of things. And sometimes landlocked properties will really surprise you because people love especially today in 2022 people love privacy they love getting out from they love that there's no cars driving by anything like that so if you have properties with easements that hide hide them back sometimes those are more desirable obviously landlocked is different uh, hunting is very normal for landlocked they'll find a way to get there like yeah maybe legally they don't have a road to get there but they'll take a uh, four-wheeler or something like that to get out there and hunt for a day uh, the bigger acreage ones that are landlocked are a lot more appealing to not only us as flippers, but future buyers as uh, whatever recreational land or stuff like that. Cause there's only so much land out there and there, there will be buyers if it's in the right spot. So I think those are the two main things, man. Yeah. Um, one other thing I have on there. So like Ron said, there's still a market for buyers um, with landlocked properties. The price goes down though, right? So it's landlocked that you're not going to buy the same price per acre as if you had nice road frontage. The price goes down, especially if there's no easement. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But so there's hunting and recreational land. But like Ron said, don't buy a two acre lot that's a quarter, that's a half a mile off of a road and, and landlocked. But if it's, you know, 80 acres or 50 acres or 100 plus acres, then start looking and diving deep into it. But this brings me to the other reason why you would buy landlocked is because it you can it's cheaper. You can get it down. So you go back to the the um, seller and you say, hey, this property is landlocked, which they already know. And you say, I can't buy it for $2,000 an acre anymore. Now it's worth 1,000 or whatever makes sense in your head to make that work. But um, so yeah, definitely negotiate down with whatever makes sense. And another reason to buy landlocked property, I say is just the opportunity for easement. Don't you think, Ron? 
Yeah, when I, to clarify, I thought you were talking about the end buyer, like what the end buyer could use it for. Um, if that makes sense, that's what I kind of answered before when I was talking about what the end buyer is going to use it for. But why do we buy them? Yeah, 100% like a potential for easement is there. If you can get it cheap enough, I really want to put this in your guys' head. You cannot buy this 95% of the time. You cannot buy landlocked properties what you offered on your mailer because there it's going to cost money. There's less buyers out there. You need to find a motivated seller to start. If this seller's not motivated, if they don't understand that being landlocked devalues their property, it's probably you probably want to move on. Unless it's some hundred acres back there, you might be able to find something out. But uh a couple of things I had written down, Dan, finding an easement, sometimes it doesn't look like, sometimes it looks like it's landlocked and you might do a title search, which I don't really suggest. You maybe personally can look back and see if there's a survey or see if there's a uh, plat map that shows easement or shows access. Even if you can't see it on Google Earth, there might be legal access there. So that's really important. And again, uh, buying an easement. So what we've done before with our, like I said, we have a motivated seller. We have typically a bigger property, 10, 10 acres plus, I'd say, Dan, maybe 20 acres plus. And there are properties in front of it that we can call the owners and ask to buy some easement, uh, an easement through them. Uh, maybe we pay 500 bucks and then we buy this property. It's got access now and we can make $50,000 on this property or something like that. Exactly. Um, so the next, the next question I really want to go into, I guess, is who, who would this be for? Cause like, I, I, in my opinion, you don't go into this. If you have 20 deals on your plate and all of them have road access and you don't have the time or capacity to really do this, I just say maybe partner with someone who has experience or, I mean, th these deals, you spend a lot more time on these deals and the profit's generally about the same. I mean, you can make it happen, but the profit's great. I'm not going to say it's not, it can be, but you'll spend a lot of time on deals and they, they'll fall through or they won't, they just won't close or whatever reason. Um, so I'd just say, I think this is best for people early on or people who have good systems in place and have time, but for, um, people, like I said, with just a ton of deals, no time, I just say partner with someone who knows what they're doing or has time because it's just, it can get, it can get difficult and it can be a lot of work. I'd say, do you agree with that? You said early on you'd suggest this. Is that because time that, they'd have time? That's because time you have more time, but then be careful early on. I, I, it goes, it's more, I'd say it can be for more experienced people because there's more that go into it, but it's such good opportunity to, to grow your knowledge base and Yep. I mean, once you get the easement or whatever route you go, the risk is lower, I think, or it can be pretty low generally if you get the price right. I just think early on, just because of a time aspect, um, it's a really good place to start. And you get those calls back more as well. That's why I think early on. You'll get a lot of landlocked properties back. You, you'll sometimes question like, why aren't I getting any road frontage property? It's just, it's what happens at first. It happened to us. Um, you just, I think there's more time to work on those individual landlocked properties at first. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it can be, see, I'm kind of maybe not the first deal or the first two deals or first three deals for me. That's what I would suggest. Honestly, like I really want that first couple deals personally, and Daniel might say something different and that's fine. I really want those first couple properties to be pretty straightforward as far as buy and sell. Um, like those landlocked properties, you'll know when you find a really motivated seller who just needs some money and you can negotiate down. You don't want to, like at the same time, like the 
best value for someone who's new time value is sending more mail in my opinion uh i don't i don't want you to say no to every deal that comes back that it's not perfect but if you ask me personally your first deal and it's landlocked or it looks to be landlocked i'll probably tell you to pass uh, we had our one of our newer members yesterday who sent us a deal that it was one of his first calls back and he sent us a deal and it didn't have access it had some floodplain too and i just I let him come to a conclusion because I wanted him to, but I just like, and the conclusion I wanted him to come to, which he did was like, there's no clear access. That's just not a great first deal, but uh, you can make a ton of money on it. it and we talked about it in the niche video, I assumed, you know, I don't remember hundred percent, but I'm sure we talked about it as a niche. So many people. So what happens? So many people will just say no to these deals and that's fine. But there is a huge market for it if you're willing to put in the time and effort to find access, to create access for them. It is a massively profitable sector of uh, land in general. Yeah. And to be clear, early on, I don't mean your first deal. Do not. I, I, I wouldn't recommend doing it on your first deal. I mean, maybe you've done five to ten deals. But you only have one in the pipeline. You have time. It's more about a time thing is why I yeah. said that. In our niche video, we talked about this being as a specific advanced niche once you go down. So you can specialize in these things too. And you can go to other people in our group and in Discord and ask them if they have landlocked properties to send it to you and partner with them or give them 10% or whatever you guys work out. But there's a lot of opportunities there. So it is an advanced niche, but I think you can spend more time early on is what I meant by that. So not to confuse anyone. Um for us, do we mess with them? I, we're starting to get more into them because we we have um, our processes in place and a salesman and all that stuff. Um, but at, there's a long period of time where we just didn't touch them. And the acreage and everything needs to make sense. Um, but it's there's definitely a ton of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, going back to what you said, I think that makes a ton of sense, five to 10 deals, Dan. Um, obviously not your first deal or something like that. Once you do five to 10 deals, then you're like, oh, this next deal should like, it's easier to just do the one with access, which it always is. Always take those deals. But once you get comfortable doing the same thing over and over, you might not go out of your comfort zone. I think after you do five deals, like you're willing to try something else. I think it's a good time to bring on a niche and starting that too early. Opposed to after you do 20 or 30 deals, you're like, I'm just going to keep doing it this way because this is what I've always done. If you can expand yourself into a different category, it is it's going to take your business very far. You got to know what to say yes and what to say no to. But uh, that, that's a really good point. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, great point. Great point there. That's really I have um, just one last thing I want to make uh, mention is, like Ron said, it's it's a lot more work and it requires more patience. So definitely like just go into this with with that patient mindset i'd say because it's going to be more work more phone calls all that good stuff um that's all i have you have anything else ron no i think that's great um we'll, we'll, we're gonna i know that niche video and a lot of people like that niche video if you guys have other niches you want us to talk about please let us know i think it's really good to talk about these in a little more depth because we can only do so much in a 20 minute niche video talking about all the different niches you can go into but we plan on kind of talking about these a little more in detail because there's so much you can do with this. Our, our, our the value of doing a specific niche and becoming really good at it. Just that there's so few people that can be experts in it. What do you think the second biggest niche is? If if this is one landlocked properties, this is the biggest because people get you get so many back. But what what do you think the second would be? I think splitting. I would say Dan. Um, 
I, I think splitting properties. So, and we'll, we'll plan this. I'll write this down right now and we'll plan, plan on doing one of these. So it's basically a minor split. So if you have 50 acres that you're buying, splitting it into 10 five acre parcels, I think that is extremely profitable. It, it takes a lot of work and don't get me wrong. It's, it's a little longer process, but I, I'd probably, I'm going to put that on our list to talk about Dan. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's all I have, guys. Thanks for joining. Visit landinvestingonline.com. We have a free consultation if you go to our Start Here page. This is for people who are serious. Maybe they haven't made the step to buy the course yet. You have some questions. You want to go over a few things with us. It will be a call personally with Ron or myself, one or the other. And you've watched our YouTube videos. You're listening to the Discord or you're in the Discord doing all that and you're spending time and you just want a consultation. Visit landinvestingonline.com. Click start here to get it. That's all I have. Thanks for joining, guys. Thanks, guys.